What is up, guys? Welcome back to Today I Learned Bitcoin. Extremely excited for today's episode. We have Cody on. He's going to teach us about Mempool. If you're unfamiliar with Mempool, this is the episode for you. We're going to deep dive, understand what we're looking at here. I know personally, you know, I've pulled it up. There's been a lot of, you know, drama lately about, you know, transactions being backed up and I couldn't really understand what I was looking at exactly. So we brought him on to teach us what we're looking at and we're excited to dive in. I'll bring up Jason here, the co-host. Say what up, Jason. How are you? What's up, guys? Good to see Alec. Yeah, man. And we got Cody here. Say what up. Hey, guys. How's it going? Excited to get into the mempool. Been spent probably way too much time just staring at the mempool. My wife could attest. <laughs> Yeah. I love it. We man. haven't spent we'll... enough time staring, so we're gonna we're gonna strike <laughs> okay. equilibrium here. Yeah. Great to see you, Cody. Yeah, good to see you guys. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Appreciate you taking the time to teach you, teach us and everyone else watching the show. I mean, my first question and probably any beginner's question is like, Cody, what the heck is mempool? What is it even? Mempool is just the well, I guess the the mempool in terms of bitcoin is where the broad the transactions are stored on your nodes so there's like a there's just a big index of transactions that are waiting to be confirmed and that's the your nodes mempool like there isn't a single mempool every single node has their own mempool but it's pretty often that you'll go to mempool.space so we're kind of like mixing you know getting like some, kind of some like terms getting mixed here but mempool.space is a public block explorer you can look at and that's what we'll go on today and look at and that's just like where you can look at i mean everything it is like the it's like taking bitcoin and just turning it into a, a completely viewable explainable thing basically instead of just being this like abstract idea with numbers and blocks and all this stuff that you you, you say you understand like everybody's like oh i understand blockchain no, you know and then they don't <laughs> And then when you look at mempool, you're like, oh, I think I actually might begin to understand what's going on here. So, yeah, I've always understood it as like a visual representation of the blockchain, right? That's mm -hmm. a pretty simple way to put it. Yeah. And they keep getting better and better. Like it's, uh, yeah, we'll see. It's, it is, it is a visual res representation. Yeah. They've so, done a really good job. Bitcoin is real. It's not like this fake thing that doesn't exist that a lot of people <laughs> keep saying. These are, these are big questions, you know, you're asking. <laughs> Is Bitcoin real? I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's all a simulation. Maybe mempool.space is a simulation. Well, simulation I want to live in. Yeah. I'm pretty stoked, man, because like honestly, whenever I try to explain blockchain, one, I, I do it very poorly. And and two, my first inkling is like, oh, okay, let me grab a piece of paper and like draw yeah. this out. And then it's like, no, that's gonna go even worse if I do yeah. that. So so this yeah. would be cool to to see a visual. Yeah, that's, I think, like, mempool is the easiest way to just quickly show what's happening because it's actually moving in real time, you know? Like, if you draw it on a piece of paper, it's like, oh, and see, like, this block then is confirmed, and blah, you know, that's, like, confusing. But mempool, you can just literally watch it, and if you get lucky, you can watch a block literally, like, in real time slide over from being waiting and to being confirmed, so. Sweet. Yeah. Awesome. Wait long enough, maybe we will get lucky in there. Who knows? We're every 10 surprised. minutes probably, we're, right? we're just we're just gonna sit here for a while until something happens it's it's every <laughs> 10 minutes unless you, it's it's every 10 minutes unless you have a transaction you're waiting to be confirmed and then it's it's god knows how long <laughs> always i have a saying that a wash block is never mined like uh like a wash pot never boils this is uh, oh okay yeah. okay 
Don't watch the mempool. If you send a transaction, try not to look at the mempool because it will take forever. So just wait for the confirmation and go back and look. Yeah, yeah. Just just act cool like you don't care. You know, just act like, oh, it can go through whenever. I don't care. (laughs) I think everybody like remembers their first transaction. I at least for me, like I was kind of terrified. I didn't exactly know what I was doing. And I know everyone like best practice, send a small transaction, especially when you're moving from like an exchange to cold storage, right? Do a small transaction, then the larger one. It didn't make me really feel any more comfortable. Like I did the small one, then I was still like, oh, is this larger one going to work? So uh, it's pretty cool that you can, you know, maybe get a bit more peace of mind seeing it in action. Yeah, I think the only scary, the only scary thing there, that what scared me the most, I like moved my coins off of Kraken originally. And I did the same thing you did with a small transaction and a big one. But the problem is they don't give you like, because they batch transactions, when you do those transfers, they don't give you like a transaction ID or anything. So you don't actually, you can't actually go look at it on Mempool. Every transaction after that you can, but because Mm -hmm. they batch them, they just, at least on Kraken, they just tell you like, okay, your transaction will be sent in the next hour. And you're just like, okay, yeah, it feels really really vulnerable. I think you're like, oh man, that's when you're questioning whether it's all real or not. You're just like, it's all fake. I've been completely (laughs) duped. That's awesome. Well, yeah. let's maybe dive into it. You want to share a yeah. screen and yeah, let me, let me pull this up. Get ready so, for the yeah. questions to flood in. Yeah. Let them, I'll just go over kind of like, I'll try and explain quickly what, what really basically we're looking at. There's a lot of debate as to whether this should be flipped. So I'm not even going to touch this button because there it could be just so many hateful comments, but anyway, the, this is like the blockchain. You see this like nice fading, like heartbeat over here. This is like, the mempool this is where all these transactions are waiting and these are confirmed transactions see how they have a number on top so you can go in here and you can type in any block number this is the biggest block that's ever been mined so this is the the highest block height we've been to you could type in one which is the first block that was ever mined you can look at the transactions you can type in 10 look at the transactions you can type in any block that was ever mined up here and you'll just find the transactions and you can look inside and see what it was like for instance you know Here's block one, like nothing in it, just all, nothing in any of these transactions because it was just Satoshi mining empty blocks. That, well, they weren't, yeah, they were empty blocks. There was no transactions. I mean, there, yeah, there was, you were getting 50 coins each time you mined a block. We'll get into that. In so second. if you click the Genesis block there, zero, does it have the, I, I can't remember oh, exactly. It, what it, it will not have it. You won't be able to see it on here. I don't think. But it's somewhere in there. I don't know how you see it on mempool. Oh, there it is. Yeah, right here. Yep. The times, the times, you know, three January third, two thousand nine, Chancellor on the brink of second bailout for banks. It does say it. It's so cool. sick. That's yeah. so sick. Yeah, there it is. So yeah, minor unknown. I mean, this was like, you know, this is early, early days for sure. Very cool. But anyway, let's we'll take a step back. Get inside tracked here. So like <laughs> that's awesome that you can go visible. back though. Yeah, it's cool. I and mean, you can see everything forever. Everything's visible. So it's it's all there. Every transaction that's ever happened is is in there. But yeah, so here we are waiting on this next block. It's been 15 minutes. So this shows you how many minutes it's been since these last blocks. So like I said, someone's probably trying to watch their transaction because it's been 15 minutes. They're probably sweating, thinking, <laughs> oh no, when is the next block going to be mine? But, you know, just the other day, I was hanging out with another guy from the meetup. He said he saw four blocks in one minute go through. 
So wow. there is a great deal of volatility in the amount of time it takes blocks to go through. I mean, it's averaging 10 minutes, but you know, it can be, it can be 45 minutes. It can be four blocks in a minute. I mean, it's, it can be crazy. So hopefully this one will slide over while we're waiting, but so this block is being, these blocks over here are being packaged. Essentially every miner is putting together and assembling transactions that they want to put in this block. And they're doing that usually based on fees unless they're trying to like censor someone or whatever but you just assume they're acting rationally they want to make the most money so they're they're stacking up fees inside of this these blocks if we go down actually if we click on the block i think we might as well go into this we can look at the fees so this is what the block kind of looks like and you see it adjusting every two seconds the miners the mempool will readjust what it's looking like then this is the block that they're expecting so they think these are like the highest transactions they can smash into a block basically is this picture. And it's constantly changing because people, what's happening now, especially with 16 minutes, people set their fee rate at a certain level and thought it would go through in 10. And now because it hasn't, people are now having to get into this like competition to get into this block. So they're raising their fees, you know, people are changing their fees higher and, you know, now it's becoming more competitive. So that's why you're seeing these changes down here. Gotcha. And are yeah. those like larger block pieces, like larger transactions or higher fees? Mm -hmm. Do you... Yeah, yeah. So the, the fee rate, I believe it should be, usually it's top to bottom. It's funny. It's like this. these red ones have highest fees. It's so far as fee rate goes. But yeah, these will be like batch transactions. Sometimes these will be NFTs, weird stuff, you know, who knows. But yeah, often these are like coin joins or batch transactions where you have an exchange sending like a hundred people, some, you know, like a hundred thousand sats each or something. That's what these will look like. And you can click on these mm. and see what they are like. Yeah. So that's exactly what this is. This is a giant batch transaction. So this is like their input. And these are all these outputs they're going to send to just, you know, a million little outputs it could be Coinbase, you know, depositing stuff into customers funds or into their wallets. Yeah. Gotcha. So is it like the, the multitude of outputs that makes that, that square appear larger? So is, is yeah, that, that's that a good question. That's a good question. So basically those squares, this is where we get into V bytes, right? So where somebody mentioned, Alec, did you mention V bytes maybe before? Yeah. Here we go. We yeah. So V bytes is a good thing to go into. Basically when you want to get inside this block, which still hasn't gone through 18 minutes now, you every like these small blocks are probably just very basic transactions and your transactions have a weight to them like a it's basically like a how much data is it fit how much data your transaction is in size so with under you know current constraints you can actually put up to four megabytes into a, a block originally it was only one but with segwit and now well, i guess it was segwit essentially allowed you to theoretically go all the way to four megabytes within a block and that gets a little complicated but the point is is that there's only so much space in the block and if you have a really basic transaction like these little ones you have a very small see the virtual size down here i can't I think i can scroll over to it but it's the bottom yeah. on there it says virtual size so that's 151 v bytes and then you pay a rate per v byte on top of that so when you hear people say like one sat per v byte that's the minimum the network allows you to pay and like up until a month ago we were all living in this like paradise world of one sat per V-byte and you would just get into the next block. It was, it was glorious. And now you can see where it's 61 sats per V-byte. I mean, it is getting very expensive. I mean, very expensive comparatively, still only paying 250. So I don't know. 
Yeah. And I mean, what, I don't know, you were watching it when it was going all crazy, you know, a week or two ago, didn't it get up to like over 500? Yeah. Oh, it shows yeah, it, right it was there, like... 49 to 529 over there on the left, the fee span. Oh yeah. Yeah. But see, here's, this is a funny thing. People love to overpay fees. So I don't The idiot that's paying 529 is just like out of his, I don't know what he's doing. He's, he's being unrealistic and you know, it's like, come on this block will go through so so anyway we look at these blocks right we can see these virtual v or virtual bytes and we can see who's paying what everyone's paying different rates but the rate the majority going rate here you can see over here median fee median's not maybe the best but 70 sats per v byte is probably going to get you into this if you want to play it really safe maybe you go like 80 sats per v byte and you'll almost guaranteed get in to that block whereas 529 is just madness like there's no reason to pay that much so, and you don't get, if you pay a huge amount more, you don't get in faster. You still got to wait for the block. You really just want yeah. to pay just enough to get into that next block. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I guess everyone, you know, uses this type of technology because they think like fast, instant payments, like in your mind, like what are, what are some of the reasons people are trying to rush their transactions? Is it just like a comfortability thing or I think a lot of it is is honestly it's being used to the fiat world so like imagine well uh, well imagine you have customers like let's say this is an exchange we don't know that but it looks like an exchange you've got this huge like they're paying hundreds of outputs wow. here you know uh, they they probably just don't want to make their customers wait and realistically you know they they they're paying all these outputs Realistically, they only are paying $70 in fees. And they're just like, look, we just paid a hundred customers, or we just paid like 150 customers, you know, transferred all their Bitcoin off. So we're talking, we're only talking 70 cents or whatever a transact per transaction here. It's just not worth our time to like delay our customers or whatever. So we'll just pay it. It's not that much, especially when you have so many outputs like this. Okay. Or if you're moving huge amounts of money, I mean it just seems so cheap. I watched a transaction the other day, it was like $226 million it moved across the network and the fee was like three dollars you know so like for them to double that is like six dollars and still i mean these people you, it's laughable they're just thinking oh my gosh i just moved 226 million dollars in 10 minutes and it cost me six dollars and i overpaid like this is a great deal <laughs> that's pretty so, fucking awesome it puts things in perspective huh yeah i mean you try to move 226 million dollars in any other way you know <laughs> good luck so Cody, I'm sure this is a, a stupid question here, but with like, are these literally the, the blocks publishing to the blockchain? So mm -hmm. how does that happen? Like four times in a minute, how does that conflict with like the, the every 10 minutes thing? Yes. Yeah, so the every 10 minutes thing, <clears throat> these are the actual blocks. So this block has been published to the blockchain and barring some kind of extreme thing, it will be there for the rest of eternity. There are rare examples when you'll get block reorgs and stuff but that's we won't get into that it's more complicated but yeah these are these are permanent blocks so all the transactions that are inside this block are now published to the blockchain and if you have your wallet it'll say and your transaction was in this block it'll say you have one confirmation and if you were in this block you have two confirmations and three confirmations and four confirmations so you know and you'll you'll look in your wallet and see thousands of confirmations on your um, on your wallet and that just means it's buried deeper back in the chain yeah but but yeah, so the, the rest of these transactions are all just out here in like the, the mempool waiting. They're in this like, you know, waiting area, the staging area, just waiting to be packaged and assembled into a block. And then when a miner mines that block, 
they slide it assuming everything is good, which it pretty much always is. It just gets slid over and those transactions become attached to the blockchain. They become the next block. So the, the way you get four in 10 minutes is just because the mining process is super, it's like rolling dice. So you could roll, like, let's say you have to roll, make it very simple. You have one dice, you have to roll a six to mine a block. Okay. I mean, so by over the long term, you're going to roll it one in six rolls. You're going to roll a six, but it's, it's not unheard of to roll four sixes in a row, you know, and it's also not unheard of to roll 10 times and not roll six. So that's kind of the, the explanation there is that that's a good analogy. Yeah. It's yeah. just really random. You know, I mean, like we've been 24 minutes on this block, you know, it still hasn't gone through. Mm-hmm. And then, so but, when... but the block before that was only 26 minutes ago. So it took two minutes to mine a block and now it's taking 24. So it's just that so randomness. The, the, the 10, the 10 minute thing's kind of like an average. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Oh, and okay. while we're on that, so look right, right here, you see this 9.8 minute average block time. So what's happening this is a kind of a cool thing they updated recently but um, so the the bitcoin software the you know the the client or the protocol is basically saying we're going to target 10 minute blocks and it does that over two week periods which is actually it's not over it's not measured in human time it's measured in block time so it's every 2016 blocks that pass by it will readjust the difficulty to make sure that it targets that 10 minutes so oh there we go Oh shit, it happened. Yeah, so so you can see, we'll go back to this difficulty in just a sec, but let's look at this. So like this block was mined two minutes after this block and you can see the minimum rates that went through, like the person with the lowest fee is way lower on this one than it is on this Mm -hmm. one. And it's Mm -hmm. because, you know, you had two blocks really close together. So it just, you, you got through a bunch of transactions fast and this one took so long that everybody was clamoring over each other to try and get in the block. So the fees got jacked up higher and higher. So yeah, but let's go, we'll go back down here to this difficulty thing. So anyway, every 2016 blocks, the protocol is going to adjust for difficulty. So right now what's happening is we're at 9.8 minute blocks. So we're going too fast. The miners, there's, there's too many miners out there. We're finding blocks too quickly. So what it's at estimating is that in 31 hours, they're going to increase the difficulty the, the difficulty for the miners to mine a block by 2.26%. So when Satoshi fired up the, the network, he was running the whole network on one laptop and, and it did the job. It was fine. And you can run the whole Bitcoin network on one miner or you can run it on a billion miners. And the, the network will just adjust difficulty to accommodate for how many miners there are, basically. So it will always try and stay to that 10 minute block time no matter how many miners show up. That's one of the coolest things about Bitcoin, in my opinion. Difficult yeah. adjustment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's amazing. I mean, and this is a cool little thing. You can see this little like, your this little green bar over here. This will either be green or red, but because we're outpacing where we're supposed to be, it's green. And it says we're 41 blocks ahead of schedule. So that's where we're getting all this from. This is the two-week time bar right here. <clears throat> And we're, we've, we basically were out ahead of the chain by 41. We're 41 blocks ahead of where we should be targeted. So it's going to try and fix that by making it harder for the miners to mine in the next two weeks. It's going to say, it's just going to say like, it's going to give you a seven-sided dice or something and say, you know, roll sixes. And now you've got one extra side on the dice and it's going to take that much longer. So, And that basically means it's more miners are <clears throat> coming onto the network. 
Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a good thing. I mean, it, it makes, it means that the network's getting stronger. It's good to see those green, those green numbers like that with, with difficulty getting harder. It just means it's, yeah, the network is, you know, more and more secure. There's more and more machines protecting it. So. You said this, this happens every 2016 blocks, which would equate to the, the two weeks, right? Yeah. I'm not exactly sure if that's exactly two weeks, but it's like right around two weeks. Yeah. Roughly. And a little, little Easter egg Satoshi may or may not have put in there, but 2016 blocks, if you flip that over uh, in reverse, it's 6102, which oh. is the, which was the, the federal ban on gold back in the day so who knows maybe it's maybe it's coincidence maybe it's not that is pretty funny funny. that is fun yeah so so this this is telling us at may 18th comes the next difficulty adjustment is that right am i reading that right yeah yeah 31 hours from now yep may 18th and that's and the thing is we don't know exactly right that's they're just guessing but yeah that's that's their best guess roughly Cool. Yeah, because it's going to be number of blocks. It's 188 blocks from now will be the next difficulty adjustment. They're guessing that's going to be May 18th, and they'll probably be pretty close. They'll probably be within an hour, I would think, at this point. So sweet. What uh, I mean, I don't mean to rush us along here, but I'm looking at this like rainbow and the the oh yeah left side there. Like what yeah. what are these these other spaces down here about yeah this rainbow is i think it's confusing to be honest but it's it's showing you the different quantities of transactions so like down on the oh, another block oh, another block yeah that's, that was pretty quick they're moving they're yeah, moving they're so like if you look down on the little chart here it says the red color on the bottom is one to two sats per v byte they don't they don't explicitly tell you it's sats per v byte here but that's what that left chart is i think Maybe I'm wrong here. No, I think that's what it is. But it's it's showing you like the 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 different levels of transactions that are that are in the mempool. What's waiting to be in- included? Kind of in a broad like broad categories of what's waiting to be included. So, so you can see like there's a lot of there's not a lot of really cheap transactions down here, and there's not a lot of people paying a ton up here. There's still you know this category here is there's a lot of people trying to get transactions in, you know, down here in this size, but. To be honest, I don't really ever use this little like color thing. I mean, it's kind of cool to look at, but I don't really find it too helpful. Mm-hmm. And the the incoming transactions one to the right of that, I just saw that bar like shoot up to to yellow. Is that mm-hmm. kind of just a linear representation of? Yeah, that's that just showing or... like kind of real time, like how many transactions are coming in right at the moment into the like how many are arriving in the mempool to be um, you know to to get in line basically. Yeah, you're just seeing a shoot up. Yeah. Just, just the quantity of transactions showing up at, at, at any given time. So, gotcha. And then I think it's kind of cool. This reminds me of the Matrix right here, this latest transactions bar. <laughs> it's just like you can just sit here and watch like the transactions sort of coming into the network. It'll change like every few seconds. And sometimes you'll see like this guy just moved 15 cents, which is in, it's basically that's not even really possible. He basically just gave the miners all that. But, but you know, you'll see like $20 million go moving across there every once in a while. So it's, I don't know. I've, don't ask me how much time I've looked at that, Alec. It's a lot. <laughs> That's what you do on Friday nights. Just, just exactly. Watch the just, yeah, right. just knock back a beer and watch that. Yeah, exactly. Just yeah. like, oh, who's moving money? Who's overpaying on fees? <laughs> I, yeah. That is one thing I want to look at because at our last meetup, you showed, you know, kind of some different transactions. But before we jump there, like really quick, the the mining pools over here on the 
Yeah. Uh, sorry. Yeah, the laugh. yeah, it's a good one. I'm going to click on this actually. So this is the latest blocks and there's a lot of crazy stuff in here, but these are the mining pools that have mined the most recent blocks. So those last few that we just watched foundry USA, which I think is now the biggest pool in the world mined one ant pool F2 pool. These are the big dogs. These guys mine a lot of blocks. And then you've got like smaller players. Like we don't even have any smaller players on this whole page. These are yeah. all pretty much big pools. But if you go further back in the chain, we can probably find some like, like Brains or Luxor. Yeah, or Mara. Marathon is right here. Luxor, I'm not seeing. Did you see a Luxor? No, it's just a smaller pool. I'm see if we can find one. There's got to be one in here somewhere. Marathon got another block here. I haven't seen any Slush pool, which is now Brains pool. Yeah, here we go. Luxor. Pool in. It's kind of a smaller pool. And occasionally you'll see the ones that are unknown and it could just be some random dude out there knows, you know, here's brains pool. It's used to be slosh. Yeah. These are just the, these are the miners finding all their, the who found those blocks and that's all self-reported. You don't have to tell, you know, that's why we get occasionally you'll get unknown ones because they aren't reporting that they found the blocks. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just some, who knows? Yeah. Right here. Unknown. Somebody somewhere mined a block and we don't know who it is. And we don't have to get deep into this, but from my understanding, like mining pools are used because of if everyone was mining individually, there wouldn't like the economics don't work as well in that fashion. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the, I'm going to just go back to normal pool here. Yeah. The, the issue with pools is they smooth out the volatility. So like, I ran a bunch of, I ran some miners for a while. And like, let's say you have like a couple S nines. I mean, to find an actual block would take like, I don't even know. It's probably like 70 years of running an S nine to find a block. You know, it's like astronomically unlikely. So if you had to just sit out there and mine by yourself, you'd never even bother. Cause you're like, there's no way I'll find a block. But what you do with these pools is just everybody pools all their power together. And then they pay it out evenly, depending on how much, you know, hash rate you brought to the pool. So it, yeah, it just makes it to where you can actually make like a little bit of money instead of having to wait for this super unlikely massive payout. You can get, you know, steady income. That's pretty amazing. Sweet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Jason, if you have any other questions, I I don't know if Cody maybe has a transaction we could. Yeah, I got at. a few. So, Jason, do you have any questions? Sorry. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm glad, Alec, that you asked about the mining pool thing. You, you kind of beat me to the punch on that one. So that makes sense. Yeah. Before we do that, though, let's just, I just want to run over this. There's the, there's like transaction estimation here, which, which goes into like, you know, if you want to make it into high priorities, like theoretically the next block. So it kind of tells you how many sats per V byte to pay. And it's not always right. It's not always perfect, but it gets you close. You know, if you have an, if you have a giant break between blocks, like an hour long block break, it's going to be really expensive. And you're just going to be SOL probably. If you, mm -hmm. if you only pay 43, you might miss it, but it'll get you close. So that's there. Is this some, I guess kind of a personal question, but do you, do you actually watch this to determine when you're going to send a transaction and set like what your fee limits are? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you weren't going to find me throwing down 500 sats per V-byte to send transactions. I was like, well, I'm not doing any Bitcoin transactions. Lightning only for me. And now it's down to the point where it's like getting better and I'll, I'll send transactions. But yeah, I come on here all the time to check before I'm going to send transactions just to see what's going on and see like where I need to be. I think I have a transaction right now that I've been waiting on for like, <laughs> it's been there for like four days. 
and I think oh, I put wow. it at 15 sats per V-byte. So <laughs> it may never make it. If you if you go too low, it just boots it out after like five to seven days. You just get kicked out of the mempool, and they're like, try again. So, well, I hope that person doesn't need that Bitcoin urgently. Yeah, I'm not in a hurry <laughs> now. Yeah, it's, it's fine. So. Yeah, where are we going to go? Yeah, we're going to get some blocks. All right, so let's yeah. see here. I got a couple blocks to look at. We'll get into, let me see what this one is. Oh, yeah, this is a good one. We may come back to that. Let me look at this other one. Okay, this is a less extreme example. But as of recently, there have been new, you know, people in the, putting, you know, dick butts and monkey JPEGs <laughs> on Bitcoin. And that's like <laughs> what we're going to look at, basically. Like, so this, this was the expected walk, okay? <clears throat> Uh, Cody, we're not. Then, I'm not seeing anything different here. Oh, yeah, we're where? on the same screen. Wait a minute. You're on the mempool screen. Oh, you know yeah. what? Yeah, hang on. Sorry, one second. One second. I didn't realize it wouldn't follow me. Let me share. Let me share my entire screen. Sorry about that. Oh, good. There we go. Yeah, is that better? There she is. There we go. Okay. Sorry about that. Yeah, so this is the one I want to go through. Yeah, so basically this is the expected block. So like they're looking at the mempool.space here is looking at the transaction sitting in the mempool and saying, if we were to mine a block, this is what we would mine. We would mine a block with these transactions. It would make the most money. Okay, and then what actually happened was this. And that's interesting because it's like, why would it be different than the expected block? And there's like a few reasons. One is like latency that maybe different transactions made it to the miner faster or slower than, than mempool.space was finding out, right? So like maybe these guys, maybe the miners are in China and somebody tried to send a, a transaction at the very last minute in America. And because of just tiny, tiny changes in how long it takes to get over there, they didn't get it in time or whatever. So there's going to be like, there's always going to be little, little differences here. But what we've seen lately is big differences. And what, what this is, what this is showing here, like these pink blocks on the side, these were removed from the block. So these are like pretty good normal fee rate transactions that you would think like, oh, these should, these should go in this block. They got removed for transactions like these little blue ones. They marked the blue ones as added transactions. These were never in the mempool. These transactions were brought to a miner you know, like in like, this is like some back alley stuff. Like you go to the miner via like email or something and you say, hey, I've got a Bitcoin transaction. Like this guy paid no fee or let's see. No, I'm sorry. He did pay something. But sometimes they'll pay, it'll show up as zero fee because they just pay the miner like with a hundred dollar bill or something in their pocket. And they say, hey, put this in the next block you mine. So that's what's going on here. Like these miners were saying, uh, we're going to skip all these pink blocks. Forget those. We've got all these jpegs and you know dick butts that we're going to put on the chain because they paid us a bunch of money out of band as they call it which is like you know just you know they, they called them up and said hey put put this transaction in your next block and they said all right why probably extra money they're probably just paying higher fee rates i don't know exactly why you'd bother because a lot of these jpegs and stuff go through like normal transactions but for whatever reason, like the very first, I'll look at it. So let's look at this one. This is the glorious example of the ultimate. I think this might have been like the first one. This <laughs> the is the proposed thing. block. And this is what actually happened. So this this block paid $0. There's no fee attached to this at all. So somebody, what? yeah, somebody called up who mined this. Luxor. 
Luxor. So, yes, exactly. This is probably Ryan Dale's dick butt, the the like quintessential JPEG or whatever that's on, you know. <laughs> anyway, the, the quintessential inscription. I, I didn't actually check to see if it was, but I think it is. But yeah, he probably just went to Luxor, whoever it was, went to Luxor and said, hey, I'll give you like, I don't know how much he, they would have paid. It probably was like, at the time, it wasn't very much. It's probably like a couple thousand bucks to fill the whole block up. Because back then, fees were cheap. So, you know, it wasn't that expensive to fill a full block. But yeah, he just showed up and they were supposed to mine this block. Everybody was thinking like, oh, cool, I'll get into the next block. Fees are not too bad. No big deal. And then this happens. So make way for the dick butt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nobody gets in the block. It's just a one gigantic JPEG that makes it in. Oh my gosh. That's that's pretty wild. And like I don't know if, if you looked at some of those blocks. I saw someone tweeted about like the the fees exceeded like the, the block reward. So it was yeah. like twelve and a half over twelve and a half Bitcoin. <laughs> Yeah, that's like something I never thought of. I, I mean, I, I guess I thought I'd see it like in my lifetime or something, but I did not think it was coming in 2023 for sure. I was like, no way. I was like, there's, you know, I, I used to get excited when we were mining. I'd get like really excited when there was a quarter coin in fees and we were seeing six and a half coins in fees like last week, you know, that's so insane. it was pretty amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's still quite high. You know, I think it's still something like three quarters or a full coin in fees on every block now. So it's still pretty high. And it's great for miners. Great for it is, yeah. Work, right? It is, yeah. And I think a lot of people turn machines on that were off because they were like, wow, this is amazing. But while we're here, so those blue ones are the the ones that were never in the mempool. These are like the, the shady under the table JPEGs that go in. These green ones are also interesting because these are marginal fee rates. What we, what I think is going on with these, I don't actually know. Maybe nobody knows, but these are these are transactions that were included but had really low fee rates. So it's it makes you wonder like why did they get included? They were like atypically low in fees. So why are the miners including them? And it makes me wonder because I think this transaction is a whirlpool. Is a it might be a wasabi coin join. It's a, it looks like a coin join for sure. And what I think is going on is you're having these maybe exchanges and Wasabi like CoinJoin, you know, services are making agreements with miners to make sure their stuff gets through, whether or not they place the right fee on it. They, they're, they're, they've got some kind of arrangement maybe with miners. That's one explanation for why this might be happening. But this is an interesting, this, just while we're here, this is what a CoinJoin looks like, basically. Just like the, the like, input matches the output. There's like a million inputs and a million outputs. And then you'll have equal sized outputs here. So you can go down here and look. So you can see like the million inputs come in. They could be whatever size. And now on the output side, you have all these matching ones, same size. Mm. So that you're hiding in a crowd. So these five transactions, you know, who's to say who came? Everybody can see who came in. But on the outside, you're hiding in a crowd of five. You know, there's five of you that could have this denomination. or So, yeah, it gives you that's cool deniability there. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, that's I'm getting sidetracked on that stuff. But yeah, this is it's it's really interesting times in the mempool. I mean, this is like it's it's this was not happening like two or three months ago before inscriptions and stuff. Mempool was pretty snoozy. Like they didn't even have a lot of this stuff. Like this has been basically like invented. This health check right here is saying is kind of measuring how many unknown blocks were entered in or how many unknown transactions were entered in. 
basically. So how many under the table deals are going on is sort of, you know, showing is showing up in this like health check measure. So you, you it, want you want that to be pretty high, right? That health percentage. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's not anything inherently too wrong with having these out of band payments going on. But yeah, it, it's it's just saying like that this the actual block was only 98 percent correct to the expected block. So there was mm-hmm. whatever there was ever whatever percentage of like secret transactions that were kind of going on in there. Whereas like, I mean, three months ago, it would have been 100 percent on every block forever, basically. And, I th- and those 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 tend to correlate with like the the inscriptions and the jpegs those those tend to be like the under the table things that we're seeing coming over yeah pretty much i don't know what else would really qualify i'm trying to think what else before like pre-inscription days what would have happened it's just there was really no need you know it wouldn't have there was no need to like do any kind of any of that stuff do so do like censored blocks affect that health percent? Uh, that's a good question so censored blocks as we we at least think there's not a lot of censored blocks but if there was these pink blocks could be considered censored blocks right so i'm saying these probably got pushed out because they replaced them with a bunch of dick butts and j- monkey jpegs mm-hmm. but it's possible these were just censored we don't know but the miner for whatever reason said i'm i'm not gonna you know these are very reasonably you know variable very, very good transactions to have in the block but i'm going to choose not to mine them so we don't really know so you can kind of see like if there's consistency with a a specific mining pool at a low health percentage you know that would probably throw up some red flags for folks and be like yeah maybe we should switch mining pools or something like that yeah yeah for sure for sure i think and some mining mining pools have attempted to censor in the past but like luxor for instance like that block we looked at i think luxor has been like very much so the go-to like nft mining pool they were the ones who did the very first ones and i think they continue to be doing a lot of that stuff in their blocks hmm. and then i don't remember who it was that tried to censor i want to say it was i think it was marathon i don't i think it was marathon yeah they tried it and then uh, pretty much had to bail because it's pointless and they were getting spammed with the dark coins to their receive address on their their like their Coinbase receive address was getting was getting like dark coins sent to it to pollute it so that they couldn't even by their own rules they couldn't even keep their own coins because now their own <laughs> coins had like dark coins within them or whatever you know so it was just yeah that's pretty hilarious yeah yeah pretty funny uh, oh sorry. You're good. I was just, I said, sweet. What, uh, oh, sorry, what sweet. else do you think's of importance to know on, on mempool? Well, I mean, I think for main chain, that's, that's like, that's plenty to like have to deal with. There's not a whole lot else. I mean, there's probably more we could go into on main chain, but there is like entire other explorers on here. There's a lightning explorer. There's a mining page you can look at. You can do like, you can look at, you know, BISC and liquid over here and liquid test net and regular Bitcoin test net. But this is like, I don't, I don't even, I wouldn't even know what to look at in here. Mm-hmm. Test net's pretty understandable actually, but the rest of it, who knows? Most people can just stay away from that stuff. But lightning's kind of interesting. If you guys want to go into that, I don't know. I'm, I'm down to touch on it lightly. Okay. Yeah. I got a couple. So you got the map. This is actually the maps, not just like a, you know, not just like a cool art piece that is actually the the nodes that are around or at least some of the nodes that are around throughout the world that are connected on lightning 
but this kind of tells you some cool stuff. So down here, you just got a chart of where nodes are being hosted. So you don't like, at least in my opinion, I don't want all my nodes hosted on Amazon and Google cloud and all this stuff and whatever, but a lot of them are unfortunately. And, and this is actually, I think by capacity, not by number of nodes. And this is interesting. So if you look at, if you look at like number of nodes is 15,000. And then you look at, where does it say this? It'll tell you how many nodes are on tour somewhere. It's like 10,000 nodes on tour. So tour nodes are like what all of us plebs are on. That's like, you know, embassies and, you know, whatever it's called. Well, Raspi Blitz and Umbral. Like everybody that's running all that stuff, those are all running over tour for the most part. So all the like plebs are running these, these like tour lightning nodes and they're accounting for like two thirds of the total nodes on the network are running on tour. So we don't know this map can't show their location because this map's using IP addresses and tour, you know, masks, all that stuff, which I think is really bullish. Cause it's like, awesome, good. Nobody knows exactly where all these nodes are. Like, I think that's great. You know, yeah. I don't, I don't think I need to know the geographic location of the nodes. So, but by capacity, like tour capacity is only 260 Bitcoin, which is funny because it's the majority of the nodes, but the absolute minority of the capacity. And then clear net capacity is huge. It's 5,000 coins. So that's kind of like the whole lightning network, you know, what, what amount is locked up in lightning is, is between those two numbers or the unknown capacity as well. So these like Google cloud, Amazon nodes, are they generally being run by like a lightning service provider? Is that why they're hosted there? Yeah. Or? or they're just big nodes. Like, I don't know, you know, like, I don't know where Kraken and river, these are your like big ones as far as like how much capacity they have, you know, I don't know where they're running them. If async is running in the cloud or something, I think a lot of people run nodes in the cloud because it's, it is, you just don't have to deal with the hardware nightmare of trying to run a big routing node at home on, on physical hardware and the uptime is good in the cloud and all that stuff. So. Gotcha. Yeah, but there's a cool, this is like a decent map over here. I don't think it's the best map. So I pull up another map, which I like better. Let's see if this is the one. Oh, this one's pretty good. Are you guys, you're still with me on this new screen, right? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, cool. This is like a, this is this LN router site that has this really in-depth like space looking lightning experience basically but this giant ball of like these are all nodes in the lightning network these are all the nodes that are known on the lightning graph or like lightning network and you can see there's there should be like fifteen thousand of them in here but you can see like a solar system there are like bigger dots and smaller dots you know like like all of us plebs have these little teeny dots and then you can see these like big and medium-sized nodes inside here. And you can go through and you can click on these little nodes. Like, let's click a medium-sized node here. And it will show you where their connections go to. So, like, if, if you back out, you can see who this node's connected to. And he's connected to a lot of people. Or you connect, like, one of these little nodes. This is just, like, some random, random person. Let's see, is it going? Sorry, it's a little slow. I think my poor computer is like, you know. <laughs> All good. All good. But. And there's some giants yeah, I mean, you, in there. 
Yeah, there's huge. I mean, these guys will have, you know, just like this giant right here. I mean, I don't know who this is. It'll tell you who they are. You can look at all of them. You can see all their names, you know, and everything. But yeah, so you can see these are all channels just connected to tons of people. Yeah, I want to get one of these little ones. Let me zoom in a little further. I mean, if you get far enough in here, you can read everybody's names. There's some classic names in here. Oh, that's what's sure. under. I was wondering, like, what shape these words, the name underneath it. Yeah, these are the names. So, like, there's these are, you know, all these, like, funny little nodes. And, you know, some of them just have a lot of these ones that are just, like, these are probably, like, they just have numbers. And they just have one. That guy's got one channel, and it just goes straight to this guy. And then he's connected to the whole world, basically, because he's got, like, a million connections so if, if he wants to send a lightning payment he just beams it straight to this guy and this guy beams it to somebody else who beams it to somebody else or whatever and it finds its way out can you find your own node in there like can you search for the name yeah yeah absolutely yeah so here like warwick here's got five channels open it looks like or six channels but yeah you can you can definitely search your own you know billy bob over here i'm not going to search my, i'm not going to dox my lightning node no, I, I see what you're trying to do out I'm not asking you to do that. I'm, <laughs> offline, I'm trying to go find my note in here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can find it in here. Yeah, you can look at your connections and everything. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. That's cool. It's a pretty crazy spider web of, of stuff. I mean, it's really like wild that this, you know, this is what it looks like out there. It's just this giant nest of interconnected lightning nodes that can all relay through each other. So yeah. random question here in comparison to like Bitcoin main chain versus lightning nodes. Is there like a comparable amount? I, I don't know if we if we saw that on the mempool screen. Does it show like how many uh, like uh, four nodes there are versus lightning? Question. I am not sure if it shows that on mempool either. Let's go look. I know, like Clark Moody dashboard. I, yeah, Clark Moody might have it. I think he does. It's also hard to know again because, like, my you know, all of these umbral nodes and stuff run over Tor, so you wouldn't know. But I think it's more. I think it's way more actually full nodes being run than lightning nodes, like orders of magnitude. I think I thought I heard someone say there was like fifty thousand nodes, but I don't know. Don't quote me on that. Oh, maybe it doesn't. It just shows lightning nodes. Oh, on Clark Moody. Yeah. 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 And so that's the other thing with, with like these, like I was saying, how there's like everyone has their own mempool. And if you have an Umbral or a Start9 Embassy or Raspberry Blitz or whatever, you can run mempool on your own machine. And it's your own mempool. It's your own node telling you the information that we're seeing here. You don't have to trust mempool.space. You can just, you know, fire up your own version. It looks exactly like this, but it's getting data from your node. And why you have different, why everyone's going to have a slightly different mempool is a lot of that like latency stuff, you know, and, and who are, which nodes are you talking specifically to and which information do they get first and relay on. So it's, the nodes are all like sort of talking to each other, but they're not all talking to, everyone's not talking to everyone at once. It's kind of this like, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's slight delays and slight changes. So you're all going to have like a very, a slightly different mempool, all of you. So, yeah. Gotcha. Sweet. Well, uh, anything else? I I don't think I have any other questions. That was super informative. I've learned a absolute ton. I feel confident of, of what I'm actually looking at on there now. So nice. thank you, Cody. I, yeah, it, I mean, it's a lot. It's a lot. I mean, it's yeah, uh, yeah. It, but it is good. I check it all. I mean, I check it all the time. 
and not just for you know funsies i do like if i'm going to send a transaction i'll get on there and look and be like yeah i think 15 will go through in six days so that's where i'm at now you know <laughs> yeah i mean cody like prior to the last meeting i would have never thought to to even look at something like that and yeah. try and time my transaction to the fees going on so yeah like th this is important stuff to know for sure yeah yeah it is and it's a it is a good way to look at it i, I think yeah i think people should look at that stuff more you know like i mean you don't have to like obsess over it but if you're yeah if you're if you're watching your own transaction also if you go on there and you click the block that your transaction's in or you type in your transaction id because so you can do that on there too it'll jingle when you're when you're when your block gets mined so that's pretty cool so Oops. just have it it makes this nice little it's jingle fun. sound when you're yeah yeah so, but yeah, yeah, you can put trend. So like in that search bar, you can put, you know, the block number you want to search. You can put transaction IDs, you can put addresses in that search bar and look at, see how much coins and what address, and, you know, it's got a lot of functionality. And it's, if you just get in there and play around and click on transactions and look at stuff, you'll just learn a bunch by just like messing around in there. So, yeah. Sweet. Well, that's probably what I'm going to spend the rest of the night doing. Yeah, yeah you should. <laughs> Yeah, send a transaction. Get that jingle. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, I guess we'll wrap it up. I appreciate it, Cody. Yeah. I mean, if you're open and want to share, you know, your Twitter, you know, I'm going to be posting this out there. So maybe oh, okay. maybe you'll get a yeah. follower or two out there. And uh, yeah, I'm, oh, I mean, everyone already follows me, Alex. So there's probably <laughs> nobody left. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm at 86 Cody Harris on just the super bland Cody spelling and bland Harris spelling on Twitter. So. Sweet. And I'll be at the conference. If anyone's going to be there, we'll be the team that's winning the full Bitcoin at the Bitcoin games. So it should be pretty easy to Love spot that. us. Love that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Representing for the yeah. local meetup. <laughs> I mean, I, encouragement for everyone to go to their meetup. You know, that's how I met Cody. That's how you connect with Bitcoiners. And I have serious FOMO that I'm not going to this conference, but I hope you have a great time. And I know, man, you'll be missed. You'll take be home missed. that Bitcoin, man. I will. Oh, it's, yeah, it's, brother. it's pretty much a deal. It's a done deal, basically. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, man. Thanks so much. Have a cool. great rest of your night and enjoy Miami. We'll see you at the next, the next meetup. Yeah, sounds good. See you then. All right, brother. See, see you, ya. boys. Right. See you, Jason. Thanks, everyone, for, for tuning in. I hope you learned something. That was a lot of information. I'm excited to really just dive in and, you know, look up some of my previous transactions you know, tons, tons of things you can obviously do on there. But like I mentioned, go to your local Bitcoin meetup. You know, you're going to meet a ton of people. You're going to learn a lot. You know, that's why we're in this space. And make sure if you did learn something, please like the video, please share it, drop a comment. You know, if there's something else you're curious about learning, I'm looking for guests to bring on and, and teach us more about Bitcoin in general. So if yourself, you're an expert in something related to Bitcoin, I would love to have you on shoot me a message, drop us an email, and we appreciate it. Have a great one. See you guys.